wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, I'm minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday and this week on Friday as well. Uh, It is wonderful to be able to join with you. Our good friend uh, Nick, he's uh, uh, started his Christmas holidays just a little bit, uh, a little bit early. Uh, so, um, uh, so I've managed to pick up the uh, the Friday slot as well, and really appreciate that. And we say a really big shout out to to Nick. Uh, I know Nick regularly uh, listens to, to Faith FM, and it is really wonderful to uh, uh, allow him the opportunity to have a have a little bit of a break. Uh, it is so good to be able to share with you now, folks. Look, please. If you don't have uh, downloaded on your phone our app, uh, then please go to your favourite app store and just do a search for Faith FM Australia. Uh, download it onto your phone. One of the challenges with Faith FM uh, Australia is that we're a low-power uh, FM station, which means we tend to fade in and out a little bit on the commercial uh, stations, particularly in the larger in the larger cities. But if you download uh, the app uh, like, like I have, uh, you can Bluetooth it uh, to your phone and you get perfect reception wherever you go, as good as any of the major stations. Uh, so why not uh, go to your favourite app store, look for Faith FM Australia and uh, uh, and download that uh, onto, your, uh, onto your mobile device. Uh, now, uh, this week we've been following the theme, God is Good, How God Led Me. Now, I've really appreciated the stories. All we've been doing this week is uh, interviewing some of our uh, some of our hosts, some of our co-hosts, and getting to know their background, their experience, and how they've got to where they are today. Now, I've really appreciated uh, those uh, those stories. Uh, now, to guide us through our uh, discussion today, we're actually uh, joined by our regular Friday co-host, and that's uh, Tracy Papandreou. Now, welcome to you, Tracy. Hi, Gary, and hi to all the listeners. This is fantastic to have you uh, have you in the studio to have a different compare. Normally, I've got uh, uh, my my good friend Eric uh, sitting across the desk for me, or uh, I've got uh, big shoes uh, to fill. That well, no, <laughs> you, you you do very very well. You're greatly appreciated on uh, on drive time. Now, of course, Tracy is our is one of our prayer ministries leaders at uh, at my Brighton Church on the uh, on the east on the eastern seaboard of uh, of Adelaide uh, and uh, it is really really wonderful uh, to actually have uh, have Tracy in that particular role does an absolutely fantastic jo- job now Tracy how are you finding the lead up to Christmas well last week I mentioned Gary that I don't I don't do the whole Christmas presents, yeah, 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 presents yeah. things I kind of keep out of that but I have to say you know I'm at the Weary stage of the end of the the year, uh, I tend to like to save up my holidays and take a big break at the end of the year, and I find I need that because otherwise, you know, sometimes it takes a couple of weeks just to 
charged down after yeah, work, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I do find a big difference if I take a big a big break. Um, but it does mean you've got to keep the wheels turning all the indeed, year. You indeed. Know, so. and did you have any traditions? I know in our family we've got a couple of traditions around this time of the year. Uh, one of them is ever since our, our children were small, uh, we would always go at least once a year would go doing cherry picking. And uh, we had to go find the find a local orchard and we'd do uh, with the with the children we'd do cherry picking and that's something that I think my kids to this day uh, remember and we often still go and do that and then of course a day or two before Christmas one of the things that uh, we do is just a little bit of a drive around to look at all these houses uh, that have been lit up you know I can't believe the uh, uh, the extent to which some people have actually gone but they are impressive yes absolutely you know um, sometimes very far from the actual um, Christmas story uh, but you have to give points to people's creativity uh, their effort you know um, I don't you know there's so much work involved in getting it put up and you do see this happen sometimes that people actually don't put them down for a long time or sometimes you even see them staying up for all the year well kind of I've actually got one on the block that I that I actually walk on that every morning that the lights are still there I think they went up for Christmas two years ago <laughs> and uh, I think they've stayed up ever since uh, but uh, yeah look they decorate the house and uh, uh, to me I, I, I do really just some of those traditions you know of course the other thing that um, uh, we uh, I appreciate is whenever get involved with uh, Carol's uh, program I, to me I much prefer those uh, church this year uh, the uh, the Brighton church on Friday night before Christmas we're actually going to be uh, running a, a Carol's based uh, based program and if people oh, want okay. to come along they're most uh, most welcome to uh, to come and to uh, to join us and you know I, I enjoy Carol's programs but I have to admit I really appreciate those programs which are uh, the more traditional carols uh, that are connected with uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. I've got to admit, some of the uh, carols by candlelight programs that are certainly uh, out there uh, seem to be a long way from genuine carols programs. Well, they're a reflection of our society, aren't they? And our society's um, expression of Christmas is a big mix it of is. Christian and pagan. And, and there's lots of things that people do that if you ask them, why do you do that? Why why is this tra- the why is there this tradition? They would have no idea, including me. Some yeah, of yeah, them, you know, yeah. I kind of think, well, well, what, you know, how how does that that come yeah, into yeah. the whole picture, you yeah, know? So yeah, yeah. so yeah, no. I understand all that. I used to years ago. There was at one stage where um. The Salvation Army each year used to put a CD together for Christmas. And I used to love, you know, Christmas morning, I'd be listening to all that. The only problem with that is as I've become more and more knowledgeable of what the word says, you know, probably 50, 60% of the CDs, I go, well, actually, that's not very... Biblical. <laughs> I don't know whether today is the day I should be yeah, listening yeah. to. No, you know, I, so. I shared a couple of days back that uh, you know when I was growing up over there in Sydney in the western suburbs of Sydney, we used to actually have the salvos uh, come marching around with the uh, uh, with their bands. In those days, every uh, every uh, um, congregation had a had a band, and they'd be playing Christmas.
Christmas carols and everybody would come out of their homes and stand on the streets and yeah, wow. uh, and just listen to these uh, until they passed by. It became a real social occasion. Yeah. I still remember that and I, I think it's something that, uh, uh, well, I, I know there's not as many musicians around as there used to be. But it's a lovely idea, oh, Gary. It's a fantastic idea. Yeah. It really went well. But look, let's come to our World Watch segment because I'm just really conscious. I, I really would love to get your opinion on this uh, this mm-hmm. one. I uh, I was reading, just had a look at The Guardian uh, this morning and uh, there was an article there entitled Beyond Beliefs, uh, Does Religious Faith Lead to a Happier, Healthier Life? Uh, and uh, uh, this is this is what it said. In his Penzies, published posthumously in 1670, French philosopher Blaise Pascal uh, appeared to establish a foolproof argument for religious commitment, which he saw as a kind of bet. Uh, if the existence of God was even minutely possible, he claimed, then the potential gain was so huge an eternity of life and happiness, that taking the leap of faith was mathematically the rational choice. Now, Pascal's wager, as it's called, implicitly assumes that religion has no benefits in the real world but some sacrifices. But what if there was evidence, says the article, that faith could also contribute to better well-being? Scientific studies suggest that this is in fact the case. Joining a church, synagogue or temple even appears to extend your lifespan. Uh, These findings might appear to be proof of divine intervention, but few of the scientists examine the effects are making claims for miracles. Instead, they're interested in understanding the ways that religion improves people's capacity to deal with life stresses. Uh, Religious and spiritual traditions give you access to different methods of coping and they have distinctive benefits, uh, said one of the uh, researchers. Studying life-extending benefits of religion's practice can therefore offer useful strategies for anyone of any faith or of none to live a healthier and a happier life. You may find yourself shaking your head in a bit of scepticism, but the evidence base linking faith to better health has been decades in the making and now encompasses literally thousands of studies. Much of this research took the form of longitudinal research, which involves tracking the health of a population over years and even decades. And They each found that measures of someone's religious commitment such as how often they attend church, were consistently associated with a range of outcomes, including a lower risk of depression, anxiety and suicide, reduced cardiovascular disease and reduced death from cancer. Unlike other areas of scientific research suffering from the infamous replication crisis, these studies have examined populations across the globe with remarkably consistent results. Dr. Laura Wallace, for instance, recently examined obituaries of more than a 1,000 people across the US and looked at whether the article in the newspaper recorded the person's religious affiliation, a sign that their faith had been a major element of their identity. Publishing her results in 2018, she reported that those people marked out 
who marked out faith in their obituary had actually lived an average of 5.6 years more on average than those uh, whose religion had not been recorded. In a second uh, sample, looking specifically at a set of obituaries uh, from Iowa, the difference was even greater, about 10 years in total. Health effects of this size demand an explanation and scientists such as Wallace have been on the case. One obvious explanation for those findings is that people of faith live cleaner lives uh, than the non-religious um, than the non-religious. Uh, studies show that churchgoers are indeed less likely to smoke, drink, take drugs or practice unsafe sex than people who do not attend religious uh, services regularly. Although, of course, the article does point out there are notable exceptions. Importantly, however, the health benefits of religion remain even when the scientists have controlled for differences in behaviour, meaning that other factors must also contribute. Social connection comes top of the list. Feelings of isolation and loneliness are a serious source of stress in themselves and exacerbate the other challenges that we face in in life. Now, Tracy, when I read this article, and it goes on a, f- a number of other pages, but it's well worth reading, and I'd recommend you can pick up The Guardian, certainly on online, and this is uh, just a very recent uh, article. It is really worth having a look at the entire uh, article. Perhaps it's something that you may like to share with other uh, with other believers. But, Tracy, look, I'm wondering, do you have any, any thoughts on this article? And, look, during the time that you've been a, a believer... Have you noticed a link between physical health and spirituality? <coughs> Excuse me then. Um, uh, well, I was always interested in health even before before I became born again. But I would say um, the big difference for me, and I, and I think that this is what leads into a, um, a lot to do with this, is um, I just have... A, a complete inner feeling of of peace in that you know if something comes up i may mo- momentarily worry about those things but deep down i know that god will look after it you know he he has my back he knows what is right for me and i think having that l- l- level of um deep Deep in a certainty, yeah. Yeah, um, really, really makes a difference. Um, I have done um, a little bit of uh, study in uh, naturopathy and one of the um, lectures that we had talked about the diff- the impact, the association between the length of your telomeres in your DNA, which has to do with um, length of life mm-hmm. and stress. Mm-hmm. And there was a direct correlation. And I believe that, you know, God says to us, you know, all you who are weary and heavy burden, come to me mm-hmm. and I will give you rest. Yeah. Uh, and I think just uh, that's a big part of it. You know, I think I have a lot more. I, I guess if, if I could say one thing, I think before I came to God, 
I was always um, concerned about the future. I was a real planner. Mm-hmm. I was a very determined kind of person. Mm-hmm. I achieved goals, you know, high achiever kind of thing. Um, but I was always on what's the next, what's the next thing to achieve, what's next, you know, uh, Constantly planning all of this kind of kind of thing, you know, concerned about the future. Um, but now I don't I don't have that at all because I know it's in God's hands, and that's just you know that inner peace it, that just that's priceless. You know, Tracy, one of the things that I really appreciate about this article is that for I, I'm well aware of many studies that have been done, particularly of, of Seventh-day Adventists. I, of course, am a Seventh-day Adventist, so mm. I declare my hand on uh, on that uh, on that front. Uh, but many studies have been done of Seventh-day Adventist people, and uh, one of the uh, f- factors that is replicated time and time again is that a Seventh-day Adventist person is likely uh, to have um, seven, eight, or nine years is longer life than the average uh, for the population. Yes. It was uh, some have actually termed it the Adventist advantage. But the thing that really jumped out at me here is uh, in these particular studies, they weren't isolating for Seventh Day Adventists, no. but rather they were isolating for people of of serious faith. In other words, people who yes. you know were going along to you know church on a regular basis. And some of the, the statements that came out of uh, certainly this uh, the study in the uh, that I that I read there in the, in the Guardian is that you know people of faith are less likely to drink to. Excess. Now, of course, Seventh-day Adventists don't drink at all, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, they're less likely to drink to excess. They uh, tend to be non-smokers. They uh, tend to be living a healthier lifestyle. They tend to have uh, group support. And linking all these things together is something that uh, this article actually says, hey, uh, it's really beneficial in your physical life. Yes, that's the interesting thing. It's not just for, you know, your mental peace of mind. Uh, it's also got an impact on your physicality. You know, um, uh, where more and more I think medicine is um, understanding the impact of stress on uh, cancers, heart disease, all of these kinds of things. Indeed. So, um that's how I interpret this when we see that there are, you know, these physical benefits. Yeah. Um, that, that's how I interpret how, how we're getting, um, those, those benefits. Um, there's also something you didn't mention that's in the article because I've got the article in, in front of me. And, um, they, the university involved said, um, they suggested that the influence of loneliness is comparable to that of obesity. So we can see, you know, this, these uh, uh, correlations between physical um, physical issues. And, and I'm really conscious, uh, Tracy, that there are a lot of lonely people in our society. And to me, that statement, to me, I'm glad you highlighted it because, uh, to me, it really jumps out as something that's incredibly relevant to the day and age that we're actually living. You know, Tracy, one of the things that, you know, we finish every day with a, uh, with a passage of scripture. It actually comes from John 14, uh, 27. Uh, but I, I particularly believe it's incredibly relevant. Christ was speaking to his disciples. I'm going to leave you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. And, you know, when you claim that particular promise and you have got a, 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 you're at peace with the world around you, it changes 
your physical life. It does, you know, and I think it comes down to, you know, when you get to that point where you understand that God is sovereign and I might have been praying for this particular thing, you know, for a number of years and um, it may be that, you know, he knows better than me that that's actually not going to be the best for me. Yeah. Uh, when I'm in a relationship with him to the point where I completely trust him and I can say, well, you know the beginning from the end. You know me better than I know myself yeah. and you have chosen not to give me that. Instead of being frustrated and why, God, why are you not giving me this? Um, you know, there is there is the, the, the childlike acceptance. It pulls the stress out of life, doesn't uh, it? Exactly, it does. exactly, yeah. you know. and But you've got to be at a point where you completely trust God and you know he's wanting the ultimate best for you. And, and that he does, he, he, we only see a tiny picture. He sees all of it, you know. So if he says that's how it has to be, well, that's the best. So Tracy, look, let's just uh, stop and let's just pray because mm. I'm conscious there may be somebody who is really feeling stress at this point in time. Let's mm. pray for that person. Father in heaven, I come to you right now. Lord, I want to say thank you for giving us this promise. Mm. Uh, Lord, thank you for promising us peace. Uh, Lord, I just want to pray for anybody out there right now who's uh, who's struggling uh, with uh, with some issue in their life. Lord, it might be a family matter. It might be a financial matter. Uh, Lord, it might be a health matter. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you might hear their prayer, that you might mm. answer, that you might respond, and that above all else that you will give them peace. Lord, these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
W. Smith, Ancient Words. What a fantastic a uh, piece of music that, uh, that that really is. Love that uh, that piece of music. It uh, uh, it inspires me every time I uh, I hear it. And now, folks, look, we do have a giveaway book this uh, this week. Uh, our giveaway book is entitled Change for Life. All this week, we've just been talking to our uh, our regular co-hosts. They've been sharing a little bit about their own their own story. Uh, some of them have had um, uh, remarkable changes. Uh, others of them have been a slow uh, upward uh, upward progression. Uh, this this particular book is a story of eight people uh, who've have real lives in a real world and have been changed for the better by the words of God. Uh, now, look, guys, this is a devotional book. It's something that you'll appreciate. If you're on the Christmas holidays, you're sitting on the beach, you're going away, you want something to read, this is the sort of book that you can read. Uh, look, you'd love uh, this, uh, this particular book. It's entitled Change for Life, Real Lives in a Real World. Now, if you'd like your own copy of this book, all you've got to do is to text us. Our drive-time text number is 04888. 80811 04888808811 and the code is SA84 just in your text just write SA84 uh, no gaps just uh, those four uh, letters in a row SA84 and uh, uh, that'll go directly to our robot and he's a friendly robot he's asked you he'll come back to you he'll ask a few questions uh, he'll get your address off you so that uh, we can uh, send this book to you in the fastest uh, possible way uh, I believe you'll really appreciate it 04888 80811 and that code is SA8084 also if you've got any comments questions um, any thoughts that you'd like to express you can use that same uh, drive time text number it does come through uh, right here to our studio a desk 04888 80811 now you are listening to Faith FM drive time big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and guiding us through our discussion today we have Tracy Papandreo now Tracy is one of our prayer ministries leaders at our at our Brighton church and she does a fantastic job and uh, this week we're following the theme God is good 
how God led me. Uh, really appreciate the stories that we've been hearing from our hosts. And today we've asked Tracy to tell us just a, just a little bit, uh, about, about her background. Now, Tracy, look, uh, tell me something. Um, tell us, tell, I mean, how did, have you always been a believer? How did you come to, uh, to, to faith? Um, are you a, a person that comes from that big white secular world out there? Uh, or have you, uh, you know, have you rebelled sometimes? You know, tell us some of these things. Yeah, so I was brought up, um, my parents were nominal Catholics um, and, you know, they they gave me a, a basic understanding in that they, you know, took me to church a little bit, uh, but not heaps. Um, uh, my mum tells me that I was always uh, a very spiritual child. I had a, um, and I still have it now, a, um, a children's illustrated Bible that I actually absolutely loved. I remember the sentiments around that. Mm. Uh, I also, as a child, put together my own little prayer that I used to recite to myself every night when I went to bed, um, and that went on until I was about 21, if I remember correctly, that practice of reciting that little prayer. But my relationship with God was pretty much um, um, one of those things where, yes, I did my prayer at night, and when I got into trouble, I would pray to God, but it was a very distant kind of relationship that yeah, I had with yeah, God. Yeah. Um, until, unfortunately, my younger brother tried to commit suicide. And that really turned my world upside down. Mm. Um, I really, because prior to that, you know, I was really pretty much chasing dollars and things were, yeah. were the things yeah. that kind of yeah. dr- motivated me. It's interesting, Tracy, how an event like that can start you making, asking some of the really big questions that there are in life. And that's what it did, Gary, because I kind of thought, what is this life about? Mm. You know, um, and, and, God's amazing the way he, he works in our lives and the inverted commas coincidences that come up. So I had all of these questions about, about life, you know, you know, why am I here? What is this all about? You know, as I said, I'd been chasing dollars and things were the things that had motivated me around about that time. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I kind of was, it floored me. It really floored me. And so around about that time in the mail, there was um, uh, a little pamphlet for a, um, a six-week course run by the Christadelphians, but a non-denominational course about mm. how to study the Bible. Now, I previously thought the Bible was this old dusty book that was completely irrelevant to mm. me today, but because of how, you know, I'd really been spun around by this event. I was open because I wanted to understand more. And, and it's interesting that you actually say that, Tracy, because one of the things I'm really conscious at, uh, about is that uh, repetitiously the studies are showing that people often come to consider uh, Christianity, they start to consider faith when they're confronted by some of these really big questions mm. of life. And it often comes on as a result of maybe a health issue. Yes. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, in, in your case, there was a, you know, a potential, you know, suicide yes. there. Yes. Uh, you know, so often, and I'm conscious that people that are listening to us today, there will be certainly be some, uh, yes. who will be struggling with some of these issues right now. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, and so uh, I, I, I went along to this 
course, and I was amazed how relevant the Word of God is for our lives these days. What I came away with was, my goodness, you know, the context is a little bit different, but yeah. people are no different today than they were years ago. Yeah. And it really... Um, because, you know, when I thought it was an old dusty book, that was because I had been brought up in the Catholic Church and Catholic faith. And at that point in time and the experience that I had was that we weren't really encouraged to look deeply into the scriptures. Mm. We were actually given particular stories to follow. Mm. And that was kind of a, a, it. I know that that can be different these days for yep. some of, some of the Catholic churches. Anyway, um, so, after I uh, after I um, did that course and I was you know my curiosity was piqued. Um, there was a one year reading program that that um, was part of that, and I mm. continued faithfully on that. And I can only say that the Holy Spirit just was obviously moving very yeah. strongly in my yeah. life at that point in time. And I knew that I was changed because I previously didn't go to church or. Catholic Church all the time, you know, but when I did, it was a nice experience. I liked listening to the stories and I felt like I'd actually made the comment to my parents who didn't really go to church. It makes me feel like I'm more likely to be a better person if I yeah, if I go. Yeah, yeah. It, but I did find that after this and an understanding the richness of Scripture more fully and understanding what Jesus had done for me, mm. I was changed and I knew that because I would walk into the church and I would be completely overcome with emotion because I was aware of my sin and the fact that my sin had been what put Christ on the cross. Yeah. And it was a completely different experience, my yeah. faith, my yeah. faith life, to what it was before. Not long after that, um, I... Um, um, got a pamphlet in the mail again, um, uh, and this was by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, but it was also going more fully into understanding the Bible. And because my curiosity had already been piqued, I was interested to go along to it. But, you know, I flipped it over, and, oh, it's by those weirdos, the Adventists. Mind, mind you, I didn't know I what like Adventists. I didn't know what Adventists, but that was my view. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, but I thought, you know, my curiosity was such. I thought, well, you know, I'll go, but they're not going to get me in. Yeah, 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 yeah. To myself. You know, (laughs) so this was, again, a fairly long program. I think it went for about four weeks, something like that. Most nights of the week, it was, uh, it was called Jesus 2000, the program. Mm -hmm. So it was in the year 2000. And, um, so, I went along to that and it all made so much sense. Yeah. I just had no reason to pull myself away from it. I didn't want to because I was learning so much. I felt that my relationship with God was real. I felt I had my father, my friend to 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 rely on. And it just became a very, very different experience. So now I I can say to people, I know what the believing in God pre-born again and the believing in God post-born again is like. They're 
they're like chalk and cheese. So there's this huge difference that you that you actually know because I think this is important because uh, sometimes uh, you know people might grow up uh, within a uh, within a church and it's always been been around them and their parents have been faithfully attending and uh, uh, you know these uh, these people at no point can they turn around and say well I can't see that transition and yet you can see yes. where a transition has actually occurred. Absolutely, absolutely. And particularly too because I had to make a stand about it because I was married at the time and I was married to an atheist and uh, he accepted it all uh, fine for a little while and then he said, it's okay if you uh, believe but you've got to believe the way you used to believe. So he could see the difference between the previous uh, you know the, the previous the, Tracy the, and the new yeah, Tracy. Exactly. Okay. E- even though I, you know, I didn't try and hit him over the head with it or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and and I had to make that stand. He said, "It's me or God, Tracy. You choose." And that was a difficult decision to make, but I knew the de- the decision that I had to make because one was about my eternal life. You know, and I did say to him, you know, there will be a day when you will understand, you know, w- what a big thing it was that you asked of me. Mm. Um, and, and I truly believe that, you know, um, but when you, when you're called to that make That must have been incredibly tough. Very, very tough. Very, very tough. Um, so especially, you know, we had actually sp- split up. A number of years before, I had split that relationship up. But when I was ready to be baptized, God said to me, I hate divorce. And I went back to my husband. We hadn't divorced at that stage. And I said, I think we should try again. And and actually, it was better than we'd previously had it. But it was only there was a point where he became... um, well, I know, I know that it was that it was the enemy that got hold of him and said, yeah. you know, no, yeah. this might be a bit too much of a problem if there's this influence around him, you know, and and then you know I had to make that stand because I could see, you know, God can even enrich relationships as well, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a but difficult he, decision he, to make. But he enriches them in a different way, yes, doesn't he? Yes. You know, I mean, it's something that you. Um, it, it, you say, yes, I'm going to grow, um, but it's a different type of growth as a believer yes. than as an unbeliever. Because I've just taken a, a wedding just this, uh, this last weekend and, uh, you know, it was a real privilege to be able to share, you know, these, uh, two young people attending, uh, certainly our, uh, our church. And I was able to share that, hey, as a, uh, as a Christian marriage, you're not marrying two people. What you actually do is you're blending three together. Together. And of course, the third one is in fact the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I was able to say when I was sharing, I was able to say, hey, look, please, whatever you do, please make sure that central to your relationship uh, is not just two human individuals, but is also the Holy Spirit dwelling in your hearts. Because as that happens, you actually learn how to do things like, for example, how to forgive. Yes, yes, exactly. And there's lots of things that if God's not in it, you know, it, it, it just doesn't, doesn't run smoothly, you know. So big decision to make, but you know, God did so much healing work in me mm. that I actually, you know, 
before all of that, I would say that I was outwardly a confident person, but inwardly a much less confident person. Mm. But God actually, in healing me through all of that, he smoothed out all of the things, you know. Mm. So um, he's brought me to a place where I'm just completely, you know, happy with with. Whatever he has planned for me, because yeah. you know I know what he has for me is 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 best, and I can't emphasize enough that inward peace that yeah. is yeah. just such a big part. That's one of the things that you seem to emphasize quite a bit, actually, mm. and because uh, I've I've certainly heard you share just a little bit of your story uh, previously, and uh, that is something that has certainly come through. That when the Holy Spirit comes, uh, when you accept Jesus Christ, when you become a believer, you get this promise: "My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you." Don't let your heart be troubled or afraid. Yes, and and you know the peace, the the world's peace might be, yeah, that everything will go fine, right? Um, it doesn't always go fine as a Christian, yeah. but we can know that you know God's got my back, and I don't know what's ahead, but He does, yeah. you know. And and for whatever for whatever reason, He's allowing me to walk. And how through much this. we all need this type of support. I mean, mm. it's so easy in this world. I mean, this world we are not intended to be alone. You know, to me, one of the huge challenges I I find in this uh, in our world is that everything is created to be individualistic. You know, everything yes. from our finance to our superannuation to everything is based around the individual whereas if you come to scripture it's actually family based and it's actually we're intended uh, to actually have support uh, certainly from the the heavenly father but also from others Absolutely. in in community but Tracy look let's uh, let's take a break here let's come to some uh, some music and uh, I, I love this is the Petersons I know who holds tomorrow uh, and if you know who holds tomorrow you can have this incredible incredible piece so please enjoy uh, this is the Petersons uh, I know uh, who holds tomorrow please enjoy I don't know about tomorrow I just
And I know who holds my hand. What a beautiful uh, piece of music that is. Folks, our giveaway book once again. This is our uh, our last offer for today. Uh, Change for Life, Real Lives in a Real World. If you've appreciated the stories that you've been uh, hearing, uh, this uh, book contains eight more little short stories talking about the way the Holy Spirit has changed people's lives. And, guys, uh, it's well worth requesting this book. If you'd like uh, this book, uh, Change for Life, Real Lives in a Real World, just text us here, studio text number. Number is O four triple eight eight O eight eleven O four triple eight eight O eight eleven and in your text just put the code SA eighty four SA eight four no gap between the SA and the eighty four and uh, we will uh, uh, that'll go through to our robot and uh, he'll contact you uh, get some details off you so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible O four triple eight 80811 and the code is SA84. Now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and today um, uh, we're uh, we're talking uh, about the theme God is good, how God led me and uh, guiding us through that uh, discussion we're here talking to uh, Tracy Papandreou who's also one of our prayer ministries leaders at uh, at my uh, at my Brighton church here in Adelaide. Now Tracy really appreciate all that you've been sharing now I'm conscious that we've got about uh, 10 minutes until the uh, the top of the hour uh, but look if you could just help me out with just a couple of things because I, I, I love the story that you've been been sharing firstly do you have a favorite text of scripture and secondly what brought you to, to Adelaide because I mean you're a you know I, I'm a I'm a Sydney boy. I grew up Sydney. My first 18 years were spent in the western suburbs of Sydney. You're, uh, you've, you grew up in, uh, in Sydney as well. And, uh, you're over in Adelaide. I'm over in Adelaide. I mean, uh, what brought you to Adelaide and how did you end up here? So, yeah, those two questions. All right. Let's start with the, the text. And, uh, as I was, um, uh, coming into, actually, as I was driving into the studio, this text came into my mind and it was a text. When I was baptized, I was asked to choose a text. Yeah. And this is a text which I chose. And, um, when I read it, it just makes me think it, it, it lines up with everything that I was just saying yeah, to you, yeah, Gary. Yeah. It's in, um, Philippians 4, 6. And I chose this one. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgivings let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus and I think it's interesting when I look back and I think that that was a particular text that I chose uh, when I was being baptized it shows that for me this inner peace is something that's been incredibly important in my relationship with God. Second question, how I come to be in Adelaide? Well, that's also all because of God. I had uh, no family here, no contacts here, no nothing here, but God directed me here. And uh, it's a very long story, which I have shared um, before, but I'll try to be brief because we haven't got a lot of time. But 20 years ago, I thought Adelaide might be, probably longer now, probably 22 years ago, I thought Adelaide might be a good idea because I'd heard that it was a city that was easy to get around in. Uh, it still is somewhat, but not and no as road much tolls. As it, yeah. No road tolls. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I came, um, you know, years and years and years ago and I liked it. But, you know, I realized, okay, well, I'd have to get a job and um, my marriage had just split up at the time and I thought, well, now's not a good time to pull myself away from family and friends. So I just, you know, put that idea in the can until um, probably about four years ago now. Um, they were going to relocate me with work and I accepted that. I actually lived Three minutes drive from home, which is, drive from work, which is um, almost unheard of in Sydney these days. Um, and they were going to relocate us, and I kind of accepted that. You know, all good things must come to an end, Tracy. Um, but then one day, and I know this sounds so weird for people who may not have these kinds of experiences. I can only say it was like a veil came off, and this voice said to me, "I didn't hear an audible voice, but I had the impression." What about Adelaide? That's all it said. And I was like blown over because I hadn't thought about Adelaide for more than, you know, 20 years. No one thinks about Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt the way it happened. I thought, yeah. oh, this, feel, yeah. this seems like God. So I better pursue this. Yeah. So I went and I had a holiday, but everywhere's great when you're on holidays. Yeah. I then went and I, um, they were doing a restructure at the time because I thought, I said to God, but I've got to have a job. You know, I'm on my own. I've got to have a job. Uh, I can't kind of um, be there with no job. And, and, you know, I should have known God looks after us. If he wants us to do something, he will look after us. Anyway, so um, I asked, uh, we were going through a, a restructure and I asked um, the big boss who was having a discussion with me about it. I said, I haven't made my mind up, but if I wanted to transfer my job to Adelaide, could I? And I'd been praying and fasting about this. And I yeah. said, God, I need a clear sign, you know, close the door if this isn't what you want, open it if, if it is. And the response that was given to me was, Tracy, you could work wherever you wanted. And I thought, wow, that's a big green light. Anyway, I continued in, you know, um, progressing the plan to, to come here. Mm. And all I can say is that God gave me green lights all the way. He gave me a beautiful house that I wasn't even sure I wanted it myself. But he said, you do this, Tracy. 
you know, and I went, okay, I'll do this because I know that I need to be obedient to you. Otherwise, I will question my ability to hear mm. from you. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm very intentional in my um, relationship with God when there are decisions to be made. Important decisions, I'll usually fast and pray for three days. And I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for him to be, you know, speaking to me about, you know, what he wants from me. And, you know, I can say there's only been a couple of times in my life when it's been like a bolt of lightning and it's been very, very clear. A lot of the time it's, you know, a still small voice and impression. And I then say to him, Open. Please just open doors. You know, I've had times too yeah. when I can remember when I wanted to go over and live in Italy, you know, just do 12 months there. But it would have meant selling an investment property, which I'd worked so hard when I was in my early 20s, mm. you know. Um, and But this place, my place just wouldn't sell, wouldn't sell, wouldn't sell. And, mm. I, and the real estate agent said to me, should we drop the price? And I said, no, do not drop the price because that was my sign as to if it's sold. That was my sign yeah. as to whether God wanted me to do it or not. And that was a time when he said, no, no, no. But then he allowed me to do that, not for one year, but for two years, years later, years after In that. In his time. In his time. And I didn't have to sell that place, you know. So <laughs> it all worked out much better that I had said, okay, God, you have closed the door on this Fine, I will accept that. I was a bit, I was a bit miffed for a little while, to be yeah, perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. But I have found just trusting him completely, working on the basics basis that he wants to let me know, he wants to guide me, and I believe that it's so important to be spending time with God, developing your relationship with Him, to the point where you know His voice, yeah, you understand yeah, Him. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if something is told to you and you're not sure if it's from him, you go to the scriptures to line it up with scripture. And I believe he wants to guide me in my life that I make the right decisions because I'm prepared to do what he wants. And he wants that for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, And giving your life into his control means that he is able to open and close those doors. And sometimes we see because the door closes, uh, we sort of say, oh, you know, God's not, not, not acting here. But in reality, uh, I'm amazed the way the Holy Spirit actually works behind the scenes to guide and direct. in all your ways, acknowledge him yes. and he shall direct your paths. I, Tracy, I know that you really believe that. I know, I really appreciate the fact that you, uh, that you believe that because, uh, certainly it's the, it's the power source of so much of the, uh, the prayer ministry that you do actually lead at our, um, at our Brighton church. Uh, Tracy, look, I'm conscious that, uh, we're almost at the top of the hour. Um, would you like to just pray for anybody out there who might be, might not have that peace right mm, now? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your promises, your promises of peace, Father. And I just pray, Lord, for all the listeners, and particularly those who may not have that peace right now. Lord, I pray that you'd bring all of us into a closer relationship with you, that we may experience all the blessings, all the promises, all the amazing things that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Well, friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Tracy Papandreou on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us next week when we commence a brand new theme and we ask our health principles, part of biblical religion. We're following that health theme again. Really look forward to you joining us again. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 